You're listening to episode 201 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. If all of these new social media features have you feeling a little behind and also make you want to hide a little bit, just know that you are not alone. In fact, even as a veteran social media marketer myself, these new features seem a little daunting to me and I struggle to use them to their full ability. But hey, we all have room to grow and growing starts with learning. Thank goodness for today's guest. She is here to help us up-level our business presence on social media this year. Tori Overmeyer is a social media and business coach. She helps women thrive in their online coaching business by consistently hitting $10,000 a month and more. She specializes in organic Instagram growth while attracting the perfect clients and closing sales like a pro. Tori and I discuss everything from how to gain clients, misconceptions about social media marketing, authenticity and visibility, and the tools you need for your online business and so much more. Before I introduce you to Tori, I have got to remind you about our new podcast series. The Master Your Mind Business and Life podcast is now serving up not one, not two, but three weekly episodes. Our newest series, Awaken Your Soul Sunday, is a storytelling series that shares life's biggest aha moments in the words and voice of that week's featured storyteller. Last week, Lance Loya shared a truly epic story involving peanut butter and the grocery store Publix. Seriously, it was so good. If you haven't caught this series yet, go back and tune in after you've played through today's conversation. You can never have too much life mastery tools, tips, and conversation. While you're listening today, I would love for you to share what resonates. You can take a screenshot that you're listening and share it on Instagram. Tag me in it at MindBizLife. Comment on one of the posts. Slide into my DMs. Or simply share this episode with a friend. Sharing helps get these life mastery conversations into the homes, cars, and earbuds of many. All right, are you ready to meet Tori? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up. Let's go. with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Hey, Tori. Welcome to the show. I'm pumped to have you join me today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we're about to dive into a conversation about online business and social media. But before we do that, I read on your website that you're a hairstylist turned coach. And I thought, okay, there's a good story here. So tell us a little bit about your journey and what led you from being a hairstylist to a social media and business coach. Yeah, it's funny because I think from the outside, when you don't know the story, it sounds like kind of a weird jump, but it actually happened super organically. So um, yes, I was a hairstylist for about seven years. And um, I built pretty much my entire clientele with that business um, using Instagram. So I got pretty much all of my clients through social media. And so I started to have other hairstylists reach out to me, asking me for help with their social media as well. Um, And from there, that's kind of 
where it all started, I guess. And then I fell in love with the coaching industry specifically. And so I wanted to then start helping other coaches. And now that's uh, my specialty, I guess, or niche, whatever you want to call it, is um, now coaching other online coaches. But oh. that's kind of how it all happened. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that this is was not like your 10-year plan or like your 15-year plan. Like I could imagine when you start to do hair that you just did not see yourself as a coach and years to come. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I did not even know that coaching was an option. I had no idea that this industry even existed. Um, but I did always, I will say, enjoy like the business side of doing hair more so than the actual doing hair. I was a stylist at a salon where I rented a chair. So it was kind of like my own little mini business. And I loved the, you know, making my own schedule, um, getting my own clients, like I said, through social media, like all those parts were my favorite as opposed to actually doing the hair. So it does kind of make sense now when I look back on it. Yeah, it absolutely does. And and when you're able to identify that too, it's like, okay, I give myself permission to move on too, because I see that this is where I really have a passion. Like this is where it lies. Yes. I think that there's this common misconception that when you start a business, you just show up and you create a lot of content for social media and boom, your service is sold. But that's not always reality. How do you really gain clients on social media? That is a very loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, but I feel like there's so much I can say, but I will say one of the biggest things, especially in regards to kind of how you just posed the question, I totally agree that I think sometimes people think you can just show up on social media and kind of um, be educational and inspiring and people will just like fill up your DMs with how can I work with you? And that's not usually the case. So I think the biggest shift that a lot of people have to make is not being afraid to talk about their services over and over again. You can't just you know, create content and wait for people to ask how they can work with you. You have to tell them how they can work with you. So I think talking about your services would be um, a huge tip. And like I said, a big shift that I think a lot of coaches need to make uh, within their social media strategies. Yeah, that can be really hard too, especially if you don't want to come off as like too salesy, right? Yeah. How, is, yes, how do you is. balance that? Because I'm sure that a lot of people do struggle with that. Well, I think definitely a healthy balance of, you know, posts that are selling and posts that are more just kind of adding value or connecting with your audience. That is important. But I also think that a lot of coaches, um, and I had to do the same thing in the beginning as well is just get over that fear of selling and try to look at it not as like, if I'm talking about my services too much, I'm being sleazy and more so flip that into a mindset of if I don't talk about my services, then the people who need me may not know that I can help them and that's doing a disservice to them. So we kind of have to get over ourselves and our fears of being sleazy or annoying or whatever you want to call it and, and show up for the people who need us. Because if we don't show up for them and tell them about our services, they're not going to know that we can help them. 
Oh, that's a huge mindset mindset shift that we really do need to lean into. And I like that you've brought that up. And I think a lot of times too, people struggle with imposter syndrome. Is that something that has come up within your business for you or even your clients? Yes, that is a, a huge, um, I don't want to say buzzword because that makes it sound like it's act, it's not, you know, valid, but because it is valid, but it also is just a huge, um, yeah, buzzword. I think I hear it from every single one of my clients. So it's definitely very common. I will warn you that I have kind of a, um, maybe unpopular opinion about it though. Oh, hit us with it. I like unpopular. (laughs) I think that, um, a big piece of imposter syndrome is not just a mind set block or like limiting belief. I think it actually comes down to like, what can you do to not be an imposter? Um, And by that, I mean, you know, are there areas that you need to educate yourself more in? Do you need to hire your own coach? Um, Do you need to get a certificate? You know, like what are the things that you can do to not just work on that in like a mindset kind of way, but actually to feel more legit because I think that is how you're really going to break through that feeling of being an imposter. Ooh, I like the unpopular opinion. (laughs) Thanks for laying (laughs) that on us because that makes a lot of sense. And it actually resonates for me, which kind of guides me into my next question, because right now on social media, we know, and we've seen this content shift, right? Of it used to be, I remember like back in the day, it was like straight up status updates. And then it went to uh, photos and memes. And now we're really big on video. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and I had clients with this in the past, but it's also something that I struggle with is video doesn't always feel authentic to me. Like I'm just not a video person in general. I like to be behind the scenes. So, but it's so not, it's not really a fear of video, right? It's just like, it doesn't feel aligned to me. So how can someone like me embrace things such as Instagram reels, which we know has a larger reach when video doesn't really feel aligned with who we are. It's funny that you bring that up because I think I can relate to you a lot on that. Um, I, well, I will say that I love stories and I love showing up on video in my stories, but I'm with you on the reels thing. I think I'm really hard making that feel authentic for me as well. And something that's been helping me a little bit, and maybe this will somehow inspire you too, is kind of figuring out what I can do within reels that does feel a little bit more authentic for me. So when I was trying to do, you know, the things that are a little bit more popular right now, like pointing at the words or dancing, which props to everyone who, you know, is down with that, but it just did not feel authentic to me. Yeah. So I started doing more of the kind of funny little like voiceovers where you find a clip of, let's say, you know, Lisa Rinna from Real Housewives and you like mouth what she's saying. Yeah. Um, and so that to me felt a little bit more uh, like me or something that I would actually do. Um, and so maybe just finding what feels better to you within that new feature could be helpful. 
Oh, I like that because you're right. The the pointing at words, I, (laughs) Dory, I tried it. I tried it. I was like, this is not for me, boo. (laughs) I was just like, I, I watched it and it's not like I can put embarrassing things up of myself. Like I'm really good at laughing at myself. So like, I'm totally cool with other people laughing with me. Right. Or even at me. But I was like, if I share this, I won't even feel good. Like I'm cringing looking at it because it's like, you don't, this isn't you. Like, this is so not aligned with you. And I felt that way about TikTok as well. My kids are on it. And I was like, they try and get me like to do like these things. I'm like, it's just not me. (laughs) Like it's just, so, but then it makes you feel like you're behind, right? Like you're, because it's not aligned with you. And then you, you hear a certain expert say, well, like you have to do it. You, because that's where the reach is. You have to do it. So I like the tip of finding something within it that you can do. I mean, for me personally, I was like, I have to use reels in some way right now, especially for the podcast. So I start to use my audiograms as like, a clip it for reels to still utilize reels, but in a completely different way. Right. <laughs> so just like, Perfect. yeah, yes, there you go. Same idea. I'm going to have to try out the voices, but I feel like maybe I could be more aligned with that one <laughs> as well. Yeah. They're kind of fun. Do you see that the reels have any more like a higher engagement or higher reach than stories, or are you not paying attention to those metrics as much? So I, I do actually try not to pay attention to those metrics too much, but I will say that I definitely agree that reels do have a really high reach. Um, however, I also will say that I have always, uh, taken the approach that I use Instagram for business and to get clients, not to, be an influencer in that. And what I mean by that is not to put down influencer marketing in any way, but I just personally look at what brings me more clients and money as opposed to what brings me more followers. Um, And so I think that's maybe why I don't feel as much of a pressure to create like a ton of reels either. That I, I really like that because that's huge. And knowing your intention of being on social media is just as important. Like, are you going to be an influencer or do the, the converting numbers matter more? And to us as business people, like we're going to follow the money. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to <laughs> running your business, what tools and platforms can you recommend that are most effective for online coaching businesses? Ooh, that is a good one. Again, so many, I feel like I could say, but I will stick with the ones that I like absolutely can't live without. So um, obviously Zoom, amazing. I use that for all of my client calls, whether they're group or uh, one-on-ones. So I need Zoom. Yeah, I love Zoom. Voxer. Um, have you heard of Voxer? I have, and but I, how do you use that for business? I'm interested. Yeah. So it's basically for anyone listening that doesn't know, it's basically like a walkie talkie app. So you can either use it to text, you know, regularly back and forth, or uh, you can talk back and forth kind of as if you're using a walkie talkie. Um, And so I love to use that with my clients so that they have a way to get in contact with me in between our calls. And that way, if it's something that is kind of a long explanation, it's a lot easier for me to be able to voice memo them back as opposed to having to like text it all out. 
I like that option too, because then I assume you don't have to give out your, like your personal cell phone number. Exactly. It really helps in keeping business separate from personal. Cause I would be, I imagine I would be super overwhelmed if my clients were contacting me through text and it was getting mixed in with my personal and there would not be that like separation there. So I love Voxer. Oh, I love that. And I can attest that I've had a client with at one point with no boundaries at all and like getting 10 p.m 11 p.m text messages at night like so voxer sounds like a a great solution what are some of your other favorite ones i also love calendly it's c-a-l-e-n-d-l-y that's what i use to have my clients book their calls so that Um, They can just do that on their own. They can see what I have available and book their one-on-one calls with me as opposed to me having to go back and forth with them on that. Um, I also use, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners do too, Canva for so many different things. Love Canva. Yes, creating um, Instagram graphics or even uh, like resources for my clients. I'll create, you know, worksheets or guides on there. So I use Canva a ton. Um, And then lastly, Flowdesk is what I use for my email marketing. Let's talk a little bit more about email marketing because I feel like this has not come up enough on this show. How are you using email marketing within your business? Because a lot of people don't break down how they're using this. Not as much as I should. (laughs) Hey, I love an honest answer because I'm not using as much as I should either. So same boat, girl. (laughs) Um, I will say that the main thing that I use my email marketing platform for, which is Flowdesk, is actually for um, when I launch offers because Flowdesk allows you to create landing pages where people can sign up for things. And when I launch an offer, I do a lot of things like, you know, uh, allow people to sign up for an early access list or um, have them sign up for a free masterclass. And so I use Flowdesk to create all of the landing pages for that and send them the links to whatever they need. So that is mainly what I use it for. But I do also use it in more of the traditional sense of email marketing. Uh, for example, right now I have a new free resource out that's a guide for online coaches to create their own coaching offer. Um, And so I did use Flowdesk to, you know, again, create the landing page where they can sign up for that and then automatically get it sent to them. And then I have their email. So from now on, you know, they're on my email list. Ooh, that's really smart because it takes a couple steps out of the process when it comes to gaining and attracting those clients and you don't have to create a whole web page for it and then add in, like, it, it feels like that's a little bit more cohesive. Right. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I have found that not to say that, you you know, no one should have a website or anything, but I have found that if you're gonna, if you're starting out and you're prioritizing, you know, what platforms you need, I actually feel like with an online coaching business, having a platform like Flowdesk, where you can just create those like one-off landing pages is even more useful sometimes than having like a full website. Yeah, because you're giving them like the meat and potatoes, like what they really need in that moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, because I'm sure like if too, and I know as a buyer and everyone's different on their buyer's journey, you don't know how they've learned about you. Like they could have been following you on Instagram forever and are like, yep, now I'm going to buy. They don't need to go to your website and read your about page. 
they already know what they need to know to make their purchasing power. So I can see how that has a lot of value. What about social platforms? So we know you love you some Instagram, but is that where you spend most of your time or are there other platforms that you have found valuable? That is definitely where I spend most of my time. I do also have uh, a private Facebook group that I kind of invite people in. And that is also where I'll just kind of do honestly really similar to what I do with an Instagram as far as just kind of sharing valuable content and then also sharing, you know, when I have a new offer or whatever. So that's kind of where I, I will keep people in the loop aside from Instagram. Other than that, I don't really use, and I don't use Twitter. Um, I have a TikTok, but I don't really use it for business. It's more just so for fun every once in a while. Yeah. And I will share though recently, um, have you heard of Clubhouse yet? Yes. Okay. So I had an invite on Clubhouse, but I have no idea what to do with it. Teach me. <laughs> okay. I'm not an expert on it yet. So <laughs> I don't have tips yet, but just kind of a guess. I feel like it is going to be big and kind of important to be on, um, especially for coaches, because it's so easy to, it, it seems to be a really great authority builder. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you can go on and really showcase, you know, your knowledge and authority within your industry in a really easy, casual way, which is what I like about it. It's kind of like, um, even more casual version of podcasting. Like you and I could go in right now and basically host a room together um, talking about social media and anyone, you know, who's on it could come listen to us just like talk about it. Fascinating. This is, that is, and that's like a whole different level. Cause I had the invitation to join. I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. So I got on it. I'm like, okay, what do I do on here? And I because yeah. it's not like other social media platforms at all. Right. It's really different and unique. And I definitely, uh, I could see it really taking off. Yeah. That that's an interesting one to pay attention to. And I think we'll have to explore this one a little bit deeper. If someone wants to pursue an online coaching business and this whole conversation is like, okay, maybe business resonates with me more. Like I want to start dipping my toes into it. Where should they start? That is a good one. I have kind of two part answer to this. So I would say first and foremost, definitely start building your brand online um, because we know how important social media is in the coaching space to get clients and kind of start to create a name for yourself. So definitely start to build your brand online, you know, show up consistently, show your face in your stories, connect with people, create valuable content, um, all of that good stuff that goes into a social media strategy, really start to prioritize that. And uh, like I said, be consistent with it. Don't let it go in waves of like one week you're on. And then, you know, for two weeks, nobody sees you. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, another just little tip for those that are maybe already a little bit more uh, developed as far as, uh, or I should say established as far as like social media goes, what I would recommend as far as going from just having social media to actually getting clients and starting your coaching business is start off just offering like one-off coaching sessions. 
Um, so don't feel this pressure to have this whole, you know, program created already, like someone who's been in it for a little bit longer has. Just start getting your feet wet and you can even, you know, do them for free or do them at like a, a lower ticket kind of beta price, but get your feet wet. Don't wait to have everything finished, quote unquote, like we were talking about, you know, don't use not having a website as an excuse, for example, right. um, before you start working with people and getting out there. Yeah, it's okay to be a starter. It's okay to be a beginner in that in that arena, in any arena, and then give yourself, oh my goodness, yourself the space to grow in it as well. Yes, totally. And um, to kind of piggyback off of what you said, something that I like to say to my clients is like, get okay with being bad at something for a little while, whether that is the actual, you know, coaching at first if you're super nervous and you kind of stutter on calls like that's okay or if it's something like you know getting your email marketing set up something more on the tech side just like get used to being bad because that's the only way you're going to get good (laughs) oh my goodness yes you know it's like one of the I I'm sure like you go back to and probably read some of like your old posts or like even content you put out and you're like what was I thinking like and you can just see your growth I can do it with the podcast. I can go back like any of the first like 80 episodes. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like, like you hear it back and you're like, whoa. But then you also give yourself those accolades because you're like, dang, I have grown. Like there has been a lot of growth for me. And then you you see it in so many different, it's almost a phase work, you know? Right. And if you didn't, you know, trust in yourself and be courageous enough to have those what you call bad podcast episodes, even though I'm sure they're great. Oh no, um, they're, they're know. definitely good, but you, you know, you can just see how yeah. you level up. <laughs> right. Exactly. And if you didn't, you know, have the courage to put those out there, you wouldn't now have the ones that you're even more proud of out. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like those, uh, I kind of compare it to like school pictures when you're growing up, right? Like you can go back mm-hmm. and your, your mom has all the ones you're like, oh, kindergarten. Oh, now first grade. And you can see your physical change. You can see that in your business as well, year to year, whether it's the quality that you're pushing out. Um, and I think a lot of times like people go from that, like pushing out mass amounts of stuff and then kind of refining it to a couple signature programs after a few yeah. years. And not only that, your brand develops. Like sometimes your colors change or like your whole mood changes. Sometimes people just rebrand altogether. You had a full rebrand. So mm-hmm. allowing yourself that that space to grow is so huge. Yes, so true. And I love that picture example. I think that's a really great visual for people. <laughs> I love I love looking at those old pictures too, <laughs> especially on ones like where you had bangs one year and you're like, ooh. <laughs> yep. yeah. my, uh, my mom let, it, let me start dyeing my hair pretty early. So there are some really uh, funny hair phases for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can see that in your business too. Like I can go back even the first two years of business and I see what I was putting out like graphic wise. And you're just like, holy cannoli. And, and <laughs> to think that people were still buying from that. Right. Like, so you're like, man, I didn't even have to offer the world at the time. And I was still giving clients and now I've up leveled. Who? Right. Which is such a great point too, to make for those listeners who maybe are, you know, beginner coaches is 
you don't have to have it all put together and look how, you know, how the coach, the coach's Instagram has been doing this for five years. You don't have to have their business in order to start getting clients. You know, we started getting clients when we first started out. So uh, your people will find you no matter what stage you're at. Oh, I love that. Your people will find you. So true. Well, Tori, I know you have so much more wisdom to offer and share. Where can our audience go to connect with you further? Yeah, I would love if everyone connected with me over on Instagram, my favorite. <laughs> my <laughs> handle is at the whole Tori, whole as in W-H-O-L-E and Tori is spelled T-O-R-I. Um, and I do have that free resource out right now that I mentioned earlier. If anyone, any beginner coaches or even any seasoned coaches who are looking to create a new offer, um, it's basically a roadmap to how I create all of my offers and kind of go from idea to, you know, professional program. So that is available right now for free too. And it's called how to create a captivating offer. You can find that at the link in my bio again at the whole Tory. Awesome. I'll also be sure to link that in this week's episode notes. Tori, I love the mission you're on and the way that you're helping others up-level their business and life. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. That was really fun. I was shocked when Tori told me that she had only done a few podcast conversations before ours because she's a natural. Tori is a lot of fun to follow on social media, so be sure to connect. I've linked her website and social channels on this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend and be sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.